In case you missed it, here are some video game and entertainment headlines from May 13th, 2021. Ryan Gilliam over at Polygon.com writes, Destiny 2's transmog system takes 25 hours to make a single outfit. Destiny 2's season launches are usually a cause for celebration in the community, but players are already furious about Season of the Splicer's transmog system. People already had low expectations after its disastrous reveal a few weeks ago, but even worse, the system has turned out to be an incredible grind, taking players 25 hours to fully transform all five of the items they're wearing. Destiny 2's transmog system called Armor Synthesis in-game has three different synth materials. Synth Strand, Synth Cord, and Synth Weave. The process starts with collecting 150 synth strand, which guardians do by killing enemies in the wild or just interacting with basically any system in the game. Then players spend all 150 synth strand on bounties from Ada 1. The armor synthesis vendor. The bounty gives players a random objective, themed after the player's choice of strikes, crucible, gambit, destinations, or raids. When players complete the objective and turn in the bounty, they'll get 100 synth cord. The guardians then need to go back to add a 1 to turn in 100 synth cord for synth weave, which is color coded based on the class that players are using when turning in the synth cord. Players then use the synth weave to unlock their favorite armor looks, turning them into universal ornaments that can override the look of any armor piece without changing its stats. Normally, guardians can only acquire 10 synth weave per class each season but Bungie is giving players extra during Season of the Splicers tutorial missions. Bungie revealed this bizarre multi-step process a few weeks prior to the Season of the Splicer. The limit of only 10 synth weave a season was the primary cause of frustration, and was the number of hoops players needed to jump through. The whole process is even more frustrating knowing that Bungie allows players to pay real money to bypass all of it and purchase an unlimited amount of synth weave. But after Bungie officially launched Season of the Splicers on Tuesday, players found that the grind is far worse than anyone expected. The primary issue lies with the acquisition of Synth Strand. If you're a Destiny player, you know that collecting 150 of anything from enemies isn't too hard. Guardians can mow down 100 or more enemies in a single 10-minute strike. But after some testing, players found that Synth Strand has a timer on it. Players will get one synth strand every two minutes of combat time. That means no AFKing on the planet or in the tower to rack up synth strand overnight. Alright, I'm going to add my two cents in here really quick. First of all, because I just read that whole thing without messing up once, so congratulations to me. Thank you, thank you. This is one of the reasons why I stopped playing Destiny, to be honest. Like, not this specific reason, but just because of how ridiculous the grind was becoming. How... I always felt like I had to continue to be playing in order to keep up with my group even when I did not want to play Destiny because it was very easy to get behind if you were not completing your dailies and doing all the bounties and preparing for raid. So like to hear something like this is not surprising because this is what you do in live service games. You grind for things over and over and over and ultimately that is what turned me off. I know there will probably be a lot of people that um, still like the game. Like, I'm not telling people that they shouldn't like the game. I'm glad for new content. I think Destiny continues to put out interesting-looking content time and time again. That tempts me to come back. But ultimately, I stay away because I don't want to get sucked into that again. And there's lots of other games to play. Um, 
I imagine this will be fixed. I cannot imagine that Bungie would leave a system like this in place. 25 hours, if the math is correct, from Polygon is rid- ridiculous for anything, really. Um, this coming from someone that, you know, in Anthem we had to grind for 100 and what, what was it, like 1700 hours to get Champion of Tarsus to unlock something in the tower or in Fort Tarsus, which was ridiculous. And like, it just makes games not fun. You know what is fun? When I think back about things like um, Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past, or Link's Awakening, where you collect an item, then you trade it. Just like the trading game, like in Zelda, you know? Like, that was fun to do. Collecting, you know, in Link's Awakening, when you had to collect 20 seashells to get the ultimate sword, that wasn't even so bad. But man, like, 25 hours just to transmog? That's pretty ridiculous. All right, next up. Jeffrey Russo from GameIndustry.biz writes, Square Enix sales reach record $3 billion. Today, Square Enix announced its earnings for the fiscal year of 2020 and reported the highest revenue in company history. For the fiscal year ended March 31st, net sales were reported at $3 billion, up 27.6% year over year. Operating income is up 44% to $429 million, while ordinary income was up $456 million. The company noted that the release of Marvel's Avengers and Final Fantasy VII Remake contributed to higher net sales for digital entertainment than last year. Net sales were up 40% year-over-year to $2.4 billion, while operating income was $456 million, and we saw a 43% increase year-over-year. It wasn't entirely positive, as Square Enix reported losses were seen with its amusement segment. Amusement facilities in Japan closed temporarily due to COVID-19. Net sales for the division were $310 million, which was decreased of 25% year-over-year. For the current year, the publisher forecast net sales of $3.1 billion, up 2%. Operating and ordinary income are expected to reach $365 million, with an increase of 15% and 20%, respectively. So, the power of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, I have been patiently waiting for Final Fantasy VII Remake to come to PC, so I can actually play it. I can imagine the amount of revenue that that would generate when it finally comes over it has already been more than a year since it has since it released on playstation i do not know what square is waiting for i cannot imagine that sony would have paid for more than a one-year exclusivity deal like if it's a two-year exclusivity deal that's just ridiculous and i don't know if i can wait that long but i mean what else can i do um I'm not going to go buy a PlayStation 4. I would rather buy a PlayStation 5, but those are impossible to find right now. So can we please just get this on PC? Can we make that happen? Or can you just, hey, let's get going on that Final Fantasy VI remake, huh? Can we get that going? All right. So Jay Peters over at The Verge writes that Xbox is partnering with the studio behind the world's biggest mobile games. Microsoft Xbox Game Studios is teaming up with Tencent's Teamy Studios, developer of the wildly successful mobile hits Call of Duty Mobile and Honor of Kings. According to a Google-translated version of the announcement from Teamy, the two companies had formed a strategic partnership to create game content. But it's unclear exactly what that might mean or when we might be able to play anything resulting from the cooperation. Teamy Studios is no stranger to adapting hit franchises to mobile. 
Call of Duty Mobile just crossed 500 million downloads worldwide, and the studio is also the developer of the upcoming mobile strategy game, Pokemon Unite. Perhaps Microsoft wants to bring some of the biggest titles to mobile platforms in some way, not counting streaming games over, iCloud, over xCloud, of course. Teamy Studios may very well be the world's largest developer, having reportedly earned $10 billion in revenue in 2020. Its biggest title, the China-only Honor of Kings, had an eye-popping 100 million daily active users as of November, according to Tencent. Halo on mobile. I mean, is there any other possibility than that? Well, I mean, there's lots of other possibilities. That's the point of a possibility is that anything can ha- anything's possible, right? Well, not anything, but you know what I mean. But, I mean, Call of Duty Mobile, Fortnite on mobile, man, if Halo multiplayer in some form or fashion comes to mobile, like hitting that China market, uh, can you imagine? Like, you're just printing money, and, like, Master Chief is taking down some grunts and some brutes and some jackals, and people are... Yeah, that would be hard to ignore when you're talking about numbers like $10 billion in revenue in 2020 from Teamy. Hard to ignore. Don Pepiati over at VG247.com writes that PlayStation Studios has 25 games in development, half of which are new IP. PlayStation Studio has more than 25 PS5 games in development, and nearly half of those titles are new IP and won't be based on any existing brand. This is me chiming in, but that's what new means. Like, I don't know why you have to write that in there other from word count. Back to the article. According to a new interview with Wired, PlayStation Studios lead Herman Holst noted that Sony has a lot of projects in the oven beyond what we've heard about to date. Granted, we already know what a few of those titles are likely to be. Horizon Forbidden West, Ratchet and Clank A Rift Apart, God of War Ragnarok, and Gran Turismo 7, for instance. But that leaves 20-plus games as unknowns. Rumors abound that we're going to see a PS5 remake for The Last of Us at some stage. But other than that, there's a big question mark over what Sony is working on in the coming months and years. It's worth noting that this doesn't mean there are 25 Sony-developed games in the works. Both Sackboy, A Big Adventure from Sumo Digital, and Returnal from House Marquee were published under the PlayStation Studio umbrella, but neither developer is technically considered a Sony studio. Sony also recently signed two projects, one from industry veteran Jade Raymond's new studio, and the other an original multiplayer game from former Destiny developers. Considering the PS5 game's offering has been fairly slight to date, a reveal of some of these titles, perhaps over the E3 period, would be well received by gamers eager to find out what they'll be playing on their infamously difficult-to-acquire console in 2022 and beyond. I am interested to see what some of these will be. Like, I can't even really speculate, because if it's new IP, who knows, right? Anyway... Everyone, thank you so much for listening to today's headlines. I hope you have a fantastic day, and I hope you have a fantastic weekend. I'll be once again attending a soccer tournament, and hopefully the boys will do well. All I have is boys, so that's why I say boys, not being sexist. Anyway, we'll see you next week for more video game and entertainment headlines. We'll see you later.